Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus, another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast. Episode 9. Aptly titled, Coming Home. Tom, how the hell are you? Kiss Army, greetings. Zeus, what's up? Everybody, welcome to another fun episode here. Oh, yeah? Guess what? What? We got a little surprise for you tonight. We're going to turn the microphone over to Murph. That's who we're turning the microphone over to. Murph, how the hell are you? I am doing well, Zeus. Thomas, how are you? Greetings. Army, hello. Greetings, partner. So... For those who do not know, first time listening to our episode, we have mentioned the infamous Murph a few times. Murph is our old college sweetmate, Tommy's high school friend, maybe even longer than high school, right? And more importantly, his roommate for four years at Stonehill, along with the rest of us uh, misfits. And... uh, we invited Murph on our show today because, uh, well, we wanted to. Tom? Yeah, yeah this is going to be, uh, this could be trouble. Um, so, yeah, so Murph is our longtime, um, like, you know, like Zeus said, college roommate, but I've known Murph since kindergarten. We go back long ways. So, um, yeah, he's going to come on and talk about um, a, a good topic, and we figured having him on as part of the show would uh, would add a lot to it. Zeus, do you want to uh, talk about mention the topic or do we want to get into that or what do you how do you what do yeah, you want to do so well before we get into that let's we'll get into the topic okay what the hell's going on with kiss in the news these days tom well finally first quiet week we've had in a while um you know the show is rolling along um i would probably say that the only news right now is just that it continues to get really so- strong reviews um you know, you got newspapers like the Chicago Tribune, you know, every everywhere they're touring, the local newspapers are just raving about them. So, um, you know, the that's Stonehill good. Gazette. Uh, yeah, the, the, the WSH. Murph, yeah, you w- remember, what was it? Oh, the, God. I didn't even know if we had a news. We had a paper. We had something. Dude, we I had think we WSHL. Had, yeah, exactly. We had WSHL Stonehill Radio where they played the Kiss box set. <laughs> We didn't have the Kiss box set back then. We made about? our own. <laughs> no, but that's it, it for news. Yeah, really. They um, For the first time, all the critics are actually telling people, oh, you know, what they used to get made fun of or they were marginalized for, oh, the pyro, all the gimmicks. Now they're getting praised for, hey, one last time, they went out, hurrah, it was a great, they're starting to realize, hey, Kiss puts on a great show. The music's fun. People have a great time. Relax. Enjoy yourself. Stop being a miserable fuck. Have a good time. And it's showing. I can't tell you how many people, how many newspaper articles I see on anywhere I've looked on social media, anything that pops up. Because, you know, when you follow Kiss, social media pops up everything about Kiss anytime you look at anything. And, you know, everything I hear is positive. And uh, even in the comments, the comment sections of most of the stuff are the people that have seen the shows talk about how great it is. The people that don't go are the miserable fucks. But the people that see it in the in the uh, media love it. Yeah, it, it's it's good to see. I mean, you know, like we said, er, er, the, everybody's uh, everybody's enjoying themselves, and that's what the whole point of this is. Um, yeah. 
you know, Murph, we're not going to join yourself over there. I am. We're... I'm taking it all in, <laughs> soaking it in like a day yes. at the beach. <laughs> so Zeus, why don't we, uh, why don't we mention the topic here and uh, explain how Murph is going to contribute and why he's in- invited to this particular episode. It's a contractual obligation that uh, you forced me to bring your roommate in. Um, so we chose the title Coming Home because for us it's Coming Home. It's the 90s. We are talking Kiss in the 90s. We call it Coming Home for us because it's our college years. And, you know, it's me, Murph, and Tom, very nostalgic. And Murph is a, a third person who kind of was absorbed in the Kiss 90s through us. And uh, like it or not, he had to put up with it. <laughs> the Kiss footy pajamas, the Kiss posters, the Kiss music. And uh, somewhere along the way, maybe he even started to enjoy it. We don't know. We'll find out, though. Um, so, Murph, tell yes. us. Kiss in the 90s. You remember them at all? I do. And I think it would uh, it would be remiss of me to say that my introduction to Kiss, uh, as you guys have reminded me over the years, that I am that guy that remembers all the obscure events and dates. Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe the first time I ever was introduced to Kiss was at Show and Tell at St. Joseph's School <laughs> when Tommy brought the Dynasty album to show to the class, <laughs> which – Sister Susan let him show, and he gave a quick Sister overview. Sister Susan's cool then. <laughs> and I, similar to what you guys have mentioned, the picture of Gene terrified me. But I think it was – I was more terrified after Tommy was done that David Felizzi presented for show and tell his baseball card of <laughs> Thurman Munson, and he said, Thurman Munson's a catcher for the Yankees, but he just died in a plane crash two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to kindergarten, first grade at St. Joseph's School. We talk about Kiss and dead baseball players. <laughs> this was in, I assume this is Medford, St. Joe's, yes. not St. Joseph's prep. Yeah, yeah no. Okay. Medford. All right. Yeah. First grade. So first. you guys were in school together. I know you went to high school together. When did you actually start? First grade. First grade. First grade. And so you guys grew up in Medford and then yep. both decided to go to to AC, Arlington Catholic, an old rival of Arlington High School, where I went, right? Correct. Yep. Correct. Uh, speaking of Murph's uh, steel trap memory, I, honest to God, have no recollection of that story at all, which is another reason why we're glad Murph is on the show right now. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so here's the thing. Um, you know, for me, I, I got introduced to you guys freshman year so we lived in a dorm right yep. and what was the name of that famous dorm o'hara hall <laughs> and we lived in a certain section called what pits <laughs> pits which what? Is what which is what they call the basement level of the dorm room they each had nicknames we were in pits what pits we- south what are you with you well no fre- freshman year me and murph were in pits north what? Yeah, we moved to Pitt South uh, sophomore year. So you were around the corner? We were around the corner, correct. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Losers over in that section. <laughs> I was with all the deviants in Pitt South. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. my goodness. I always thought you were right before the door, the swinging doors. That was Steve. Across from Loops. That was Rye Guy and Steve before the doors. And then after that was you. Yeah. Well, kind of, around the corner. But before we bore all of our listeners with the map layout of O'Hara Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Edit. Yeah. <laughs> so now that we have Murph with us. We're going to start the tradition of our future guests uh, with this. We want to have ask everybody that comes on the show five important kiss questions. So the first question we have for you, Murph, who's your favorite member slash oh. character? Without question, Starchild. Oh, we know. of course. Shocker. Yeah. Love him. Love him. I know. I would like to get to know him. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you like to get to know him? <laughs> favorite kiss song. I would say it is a toss-up between Tossing and the turning? original Strutter and Black Diamond. Ooh, all right. What is and 78 Strutter, Tom? Disco Strutter. Yeah, yeah. And and I did not know about the original. Uh, I listened to Strutter 78 for a while, and then when I heard the original, it was it yeah. was night and day. Yep. Because you can hear the Paul Stanley uh, New York accent. I know. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead. You were saying something. I cut you off, Murph. Go ahead. You were saying something? Nope. Just uh, Strider Black Black Diamond. And and I actually probably have gotten a bigger appreciation for Black Diamond over the years because after college, as we got into other types of music, I have got into a band from the late 80s, uh, the, the replacements and they did a cover of black diamond that Ooh. was just awesome so nice. you know bands i was getting into after college you could see the roots and elements of kiss that influenced them over the years nice i thought you were going to say gin blossoms who did appear on a kiss album we'll get into that yep. all right next we're going to ask you favorite kiss album gotta go back to uh that debut album uh firehouse Nothing to lose, cold gin. I mean, just all of them. I, I just felt like that was a CD you pop in and just let it play. Even exactly. the love theme. Love yep. that. Oh, oh, yeah. Theme from Kiss. Um, how many concerts have you been to? Kiss concerts. Uh, I believe five. Um, Tommy and I oh. went to go see them do the uh, personal acoustic set in 95. Saw them twice in 96 and then two subsequent shows over the years. And the more you guys talk about it, I might be buying a single ticket to join you guys at the TD Garden. Yes. 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 Oh, yes. Love it. Was Murph at the infamous I Want You concert? Oh, I think. Were you at the I Want You incident kiss show? Is what I'm happened? I'm not to say what it was. He probably it was, he, when he, they he, played "I Want You" and then something occurred. There was a put it this way, a very natural occurrence. <laughs> the guy, the guy that was never pissing all over the place. No, 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 oh, no, yes. no, no. There was. You're that, you're no. mistaking that for pissing inferno. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a different topic. Anyways, next. We'll go on favorite kiss memory other than Tommy bringing his CD and scaring all the kindergarten kids. <laughs> I would say that uh, favorite kiss memory 
Uh, it would be Stonehill College, 1994, Halloween. Yeah. We will get into that in more detail. Yep, absolutely. Yes. All right. All right. Absolutely. So let's, with that, let's begin the episode. So we're talking Kiss in the 90s. And uh, circa 90s, we're all the same age, 45. We were uh, juniors in high school at the time. Kiss had the previous year just released Hot in the Shade in 1989. So now Hot in the Shade has been released. They got a couple singles come out. You know, I think some of the singles came out in 1990, right? January 5th, 1990. Forever. They release? Forever. Forever. The classic Paul Stanley, Michael Bolton love song. <laughs> Michael Bolton. I'll tell you, I, I I'll tell you, I have some. Uh, since we're talking about Hot in the Shade, that's that album holds a very special place in my heart because that the summer of 1990 um, was the Hot in the Shade tour. It was the first time I saw Kiss in concert. Um, to this day, one of the greatest Kiss shows I've ever seen, with probably the greatest set list they've ever done. You love that. You don't stop talking. <laughs> I can't stop talking. Love- about it. And, and and another another personal thing real quick about the about 1990 was so they had forever i don't recall the exact timeline of when the video for rise to it came out but the one thing i remember about that video was oh, the beginning the, the makeup. makeup we could we could take the makeup off yeah crazy <laughs> we could do it with the, we could do it with the makeup yeah yeah crazy <laughs> like 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 that that video was just like oh my god um yeah and then and then i think they had a video for hide your heart too but that was just yeah of know, course yeah but yeah, um, so yeah, hot in the shade. Keto. I mean, he was king of the streets. Oh, he was going to say that. He was oh, great, he, great he, line, he, great line. He was king of the streets. <laughs> but you remember this because back then in '90s, you're looking at what all those bands coming up with the um, the ballad, the big ballad, and Kiss came up with theirs, and Forever was a huge hit in it 1990s, was. right? Yeah, and it, um, it, it should have been because I mean, you say what you want about power ballads. That that's that is a well crafted power ballad. I love the drums in that. If you watch the video, the drumming in that is awesome. That actually got consideration for our senior prom song. Absolutely, yeah, I remember wow. that. Wow. Yep, and, and, I, and we I'm, nominated it. Actually, oh, go ahead, Murph. Uh, and when you think about what we settled on, it was forever love song by Tesla. And we ended up sticking, going with Brian Adams, heaven. Brutal. So, right, there's a KISS theme with them, though. We'll take yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. Good job. Yep. So, they release um, Hot in the Shade. And, unfortunately, in the first real kind of news with KISS in the 1990, March, Eric is diagnosed, right, with cancer. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, he becomes cancer-free in July. Great news there, but then he has the hemorrhage in September, and then November 24th, Eric Carr dies. He was only 41. Same yeah. day as Freddie Mercury. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately, it overshadows him. It, yeah, I was just going to say that it did. It, it's, uh, it did overshadow it because, I mean, Freddie Mercury is iconic. And when you die on the same day as Freddie Mercury, unfortunately, no one's really going to pay you any attention unless you're a you know diehard Kiss fan. But that was that was that was yeah. Mm-hmm. obviously tragic, you know, and, and at that time, I mean, that was another time where people were like, what the hell is going to happen to kiss now? What are they going to do? And yeah. Zeus, what did they do? They brought in Eric Singer. Yep. And here comes 
Revenge. April, uh, excuse me, May 14th, 92. Revenge now, released. Now, before we jump into May 92, let's backtrack a little bit and kind of get into Stonehill because September 91, that's when we that's when we started Stonehill. Murph and I were roommates. You were down the hall. <clears throat> um, had a couple CDs. Now, th- th- at that time... I had, even though I had recently seen them in concert, I had kind of shifted away from Kiss. I knew, you know, who they were, obviously. And I had, you know, a live double platinum. I had a couple of the quote unquote basic CDs. Uh, but Kiss was not really on the forefront. You know, that that's everybody was Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots. No, that was too early. I bought, no, I bought, I bought Pearl Jam 10 the summer before my freshman year. I bought that. I bought that. In I, for me, I remember coming home <clears throat> after college that summer. And people were listening to Pearl Jam and Nirvana then. Um, for me, I remember. Look, I'll tell you my memory. When we got into Stonehill, when we first started moving in, I had that big, you know, surround speaker system, everything. Remember? Yep. And I remember those speakers that were as big as I was. I brought them in, and I thought I was going to be uh, Johnny Coolballs and play. And I blasted um, Skid Row's Monkey Business, and it was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That had just come out. And uh, was like the number one record at the time. And Guns N' Roses was coming out. And Metallica's Black. Those are the kind of things that's still going. So hair metal is kind of changing at that point. People weren't wearing the makeup and stuff like that. And Revenge is coming out. You know, that's where we're starting to see the change. But you're right. You're talking about 92. You're right. I was thinking 91. Yeah, that's about the same time when Revenge comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Now, Murph. Freshman year, we we're moving in. Everybody's kind of you know music was chaotic at that time because, like Zeus said, you know you had some grunge, hair metal was hanging on, you know Kiss was around, you know hip hop was was going crazy. So when you think of like that uh, that you know moving in and kind of everybody kind of sharing their music, yeah, I, I think that was when Kiss started to come into my life. Not to sound corny, because oh, yeah, you you had a CD player i actually didn't even have any cds i was still buying cassettes yeah. and you said you, you made reference to it you, i think you had double platinum uh you had a live so i just started popping in double platinum and originally i actually gravitated to the peter chris songs i liked yep. hard luck woman uh black diamond obviously and just over the year i started listening to more of that and you know those were the four years where we all opened each other up to different music we had people that were really into zeppelin hip-hop so we were really listening to a lot of good different music and then we were lucky pearl jam nirvana grunge exploded when we were freshmen but somehow that kiss album that i listened to early on i just as the years progressed and with the release of albums, we were playing that album or that band just as much as anyone else in our room. Yeah. Now, yeah. now with revenge, now I, I, I kind of have a couple, you know, and of course, as we go through the timeline here, you know, the, the whole point of this is to kind of not just talk about the timeline, but, you know, talk about your, you know, personal relationships with the timeline and revenge. I remember, this is back when MTV still play a lot of videos. Mm-hmm. And I remember one night uh, uh, the video for unholy premiered. And I 
was literally speechless with that Friday at, night videos at the, <laughs> at the, at the sound of the song, the style of the song, Gene's appearance, the band's appearance. The I, I was like, Holy shit. This is not hot in the shade. Crazy nights kiss. What the <laughs> hell? And back then, you know, I'm not breaking any news. This is obvious. There was no internet. There was no, there was no, you know, there was no way to track your bands. You know, you had to go to like, Power Records and see if they had any news, or you had to read like a music magazine. So I, I don't even think I knew Unholy was a, a song, you know, yeah. um, you know. And it was just that was just an, an, a crazy way for me to get back into Kiss, quote unquote. I think that album did it. No, no the thing that stood out for me is when they're like, "Holy shit, they have a blonde member." Yeah, that's that was true. the first thing that kind of stood out for me. They have like something as image, like Kiss's image. Yep. All of a sudden, for the first time ever, there's a guy with blonde hair in the band, and he's short. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, I mean, I, obviously, Revenge came out. I gravitated towards the Paul songs. I just wanna. I fucking yep. love that song. Every time and, I look you know, at I you, I love Gene. What's that? Every time I look at you, yeah, great that's ballad. Like a, that's it's a great a ballad. Song. I know. No matter how much Paul tried to push it, it's a good song. It's not a great song, but. Okay. That's just my opinion. But, you know, I just thought that that album kicked ass. And I think that's what me and Tommy started gravitating towards. And we started talking about, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, Kiss. And we started. That's when I think really me and you started talking about Kiss and liking them and like digging up the older stuff. But it wasn't until. Hold on. Hold, hold on. Hold on. I got to hold on. I got I to gotta cut you off because I know where you're going. One more quick thing about Revenge, if I can. Um, So, Zeus, I'm not sure if you remember this. Murph, I'm pretty sure you do remember this, but Stonehill was south of Boston. Do you remember the occasional road trips into downtown Boston, into places like Planet Records or Nugget Records, where they would have the used CDs or like the... Harvard Square, all the bootlegs. Harvard Square, too. Okay. I got a copy of Revenge from Nuggets and it was used. It was like one of those cutout CDs. It was like a it was like a DJ promo got a saw copy. cut through it. Yeah. It was like it was like a promo copy. Um and I and I just and I remember getting that and I was like, what the hell? And I think the thing, Zeus, like you said, I think the thing that that helped really bring people together with revenge was that type of sound was going on at the time. You had Metallica's Black Album, which was like a straight-up hard rock album. Mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses, the Use Your Illusions album were out. So even though grunge was was kind of happening, there was still a place for like that, you know, quote-unquote standard hard rock, and that's what Revenge was. Yeah, because there was that transformation from the bands of the Poisons and the Oges oversaturation, and yep. it started to Tesla. Yep. So all of a sudden, Poison wasn't really wearing makeup. Yep. And all of a sudden... uh even even hot in the shade, all the bright colors from Asylum and Crazy Nights were gone. Yep. They started wearing like jeans and some black leather, a little other stuff. But, you know, then they started getting into and other bands, you know, Guns N' Roses wasn't wearing makeup and stuff. And um, they weren't really the hair band style either. And so it kind of transformed into that whole grunge or uh, thrash metal that really kind of took over a little bit. So, yeah, no, I agree with you on that front. Yeah. So, ready to talk about what I wanted to say? Oh, I'm ready. So, for us, and if you guys have been listening, you know we're 
we are we have we believe this is like we're this is cult status. Extreme close up, oh. July fourteenth, ninety two gets uh, gets released. How many times do you think we watched that together? Too oh. much. I, I I remember Tommy's roommate goes too much. There's no such thing as too much. All I remember is driving to Strawberries in Brockton and buying the VHS cassette, which I still yeah. have, I think. I think I still have the VHS cassette. And we put that in. First of all, to this day, I still think it's the greatest Kiss documentary there is because it's chronological from start to finish. Yeah. And, you know, we're not going to do a full extreme close-up review here, but it was the first time, again, no internet, no YouTube, we saw classic Kiss, like, in detail, in color, like, videos, you yep. know? Yeah. Like, Murph, what do you, what, what are some of the, what are some of the things when you think of that video? Like, what do you, I mean? I, I, seeing the old footage from the early 70s, yeah. when they were on the club scene before they became a, a big name, that stuff was cool. And, San Francisco and just seeing, concert, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just seeing how they progressed. That was really because my my sweet spot with that band seventy four to eighty. So seeing all yep. that early stuff, and just you going about how through the years how they got big and it got too much for some of them. Uh, I think by the twenty fifth time you guys watched it, I think we got the <laughs> got the gist of it. I mean that's the thing. There would be times you guys were notorious and ever, everyone was of leaving the dorm rooms open. So people would just come and go, and the the tape would be playing, and nobody was in the room. It was just there. It was just playing. Always so you go to class. You come back, and you're at the episode where they're playing "Sure Knows Something," yeah. which, I'm like, which oh, Tommy, here comes the favorite part. Uh, with with the four faces, and uh, Paul Paul licking his lips. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> oh, we loved it. We oh. loved. It's and that was, you know, and we had to hold on to that because before that, I had busted our friend Jimmy's. Uh, what was it? It was like, um, what was it? The fighting uh, uh, VHS he had. Oh, that they, way back when it was fighting. <laughs> yeah, like a UFC, like bootleg fighting thing. I smashed it off the rocks. He took my Kiss Exposed VHS and smashed that. Remember? <laughs> which at the, uh, I was which like, at, no, not my Kiss Exposed. Which, which, at the t- which at the time, I didn't even know. Like, I, I mean, I know we're talking about the 90s, but I didn't even know Kiss Exposed existed at that oh, time. That was, that was up until Extreme Close-Up. I mean, I lived with that video. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. So, um, so good. We, we watched that a million times. Doctors lawyers policemen yeah they you're what got me through it i mean we can quote it we knew it and that's the thing we used to do yep. um we, we still quote i mean we single movie i mean we still do it now that video came out 27 years ago almost and we still it's burned in our brain you know and that's one thing you know that's one of the things about kiss and that's you know another reason why we won't have murph on here is that the, the 90- i thought yeah The the 90s were so huge for us, you know, it was when we became friends and, you know, Kiss was like that thing that like just kind of held everybody together, both for real, seriously enjoying it and just having fun with it. I mean, and that video was just like, ah, now and now it's on DVD, which is just even better. Yeah. And we watched it a million times and we thought, 
a bum came up right before uh, Gene burps in the middle of and they didn't even edit it out in the middle of the freaking video. Oh. Um, oh, it was just it was just awesome. Yeah, so, so so good. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we, I can't wait to do that episode. So after that, we're looking at uh, May 14th, 1993. Kiss Alive 3 released. Thoughts? Yep. Go ahead, Murph. On, they were on Arsenio. <laughs> How Arsenio! <laughs> when this album, to promote this album, they were on Arsenio, and I watched it. God damn, that's why Murph is on this episode, because nobody would remember that but him. Arsenio. <laughs> and I think Arsenio was canceled about three weeks later. <laughs> Arsenio. Uh, was he on the Pat Sajak show later? Um, you said thoughts. Um, first of all, uh, I know this is, I know this is like, you. I know this might be a hot take for this, and you might think I'm doing this as for the sake of making a hot take, mm-hmm. but in terms of sound... I, this may be, I think this sounds better than alive. I agree. And, and I, and, and I think, and I think this goes back to a couple episodes when we talked about kiss lineups through the years, this other than the original band members, this was my favorite lineup. Really? This revenge we lineup. We talked about it on the free, uh, on the previous episode, right? When we're going over, um, um, bands, uh, personnel. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- I think the set list is terrific. It's 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 a wide variety of classics mm-hmm. and, and you know, new stuff from Revenge. Uh, I remember putting it. I had a new CD player in my car, and I was like, "Oh, this is insane!" Kiss Alive Three, so good. Yeah. Um, then they also ended up releasing. Kiss Confidential, the DVD to the Kiss Alive 3, really, uh, on June 20th, 1993. Now, if you remember that, I remember that video just from the take it off part of that. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was pretty cool. But, you know, now we're getting used to seeing Kiss Live footage. Right. You know, getting spoiled with that. We had Animalize, Exposed, Extreme Close-Up. Now we're seeing more and more of them in concert. And I thought they did a great job. And now, Murph, did you, did you own a Live 3? Yeah, we actually, I think we went to Newberry Comics to buy it together. I think you might be right. That sounds that sounds about right. Yeah. And and we played a lot. And I just always remember uh, Paul doing, the, every time we play this song, this place lights up like a <laughs> Christmas tree. Yeah, <laughs> I got a feeling. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Kiss Confidential. Yeah, that was um, that was a pretty good video. And now the the DVD, it's a du- it's a double DVD, yeah, double, double, yeah, double DVD set with uh, Extreme Close Up and Confidential all on one. Yeah, yeah, I remember you were telling me like you have that. I'm like, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I mean, uh, for some reason, I feel like that 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 video kind of falls under the radar. Just I think because it's not documentary style. And like it's make yeah, but just like kiss animalizes exactly alive, right, right, you know? right. But any, so, any, oh, here we go. Then where are we going? August eighth, nineteen ninety four. Kiss my ass v- video in CD. They're released. Well, the album came out in June. The DVD came there out. There you August. go. Yep. <laughs> now I now my memory of this. I still have it downstairs. It's framed. I have the Kiss My Ass LP, red vinyl LP. 
Why did I, you get vinyl back then? I, I don't. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I got it at Tower Records because um, Tower Records in Burlington at the time had. Um, I don't know if like it was a collector's item. I can't recall where I got it. Um, I bought it, and it's it's red, um, red vinyl. Murph, do you remember me showing you that? I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, go ahead. And I think this CD coming out is really why we, I think dove deep into kiss senior year because exactly it was musical acts that we were following at the time and it was so unexpected that this was coming out and some of the songs as i'm sure you guys are going to talk about were just freaking awesome yeah one of the one of the most brilliant marketing things by kiss to put out a tribute album like you said with with current bands you know hard rock alternative grunge bands um, and the biggest selling artist of that time and probably almost of all time. Garth top Brooks. Five selling artist of all time. Garth Brooks. Which, uh, you know me, I was into my new age country back then. Yep. So you had Garth Brooks, you had Merce Gin Blossom. Yep. Groups like Anthrax. I mean, you had stuff all over. The Lemonheads are on this. Yep. Lenny Kravitz, Mighty Mighty Boston's, um, you know, Dinosaur Jr. Yeah. So, you know, it was it was a nice concept. So and, pl- and, and plus that that in that time around that era too, that was the era of compilations of soundtracks. Like the like the mid nineties was huge for the, for that. And they and th- those compilations included a great variety of grunge, uh, you know, hard rock bands, quote unquote classic bands. You know, the Zeppelin Singles, tribute album, Reality Bites. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Murph, Murph, what were you gonna say? The Zeppelin tribute album came out that same time. Exactly. I remember uh, Stone Temple Pilots doing Dancing Days. Dancing Days. Oh, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, but those those are brilliant. That that was, like you said, that, that was, that really, that got people who weren't Kiss fans to stop paying attention to Kiss again. You know, because Revenge came out, great album, but it really flew under the radar. I think Kiss My Ass got people to be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is Lenny Kravitz. This is, this is a cool version of Deuce. Yeah. So this is senior year. Yes. That yes. was August. Yes. And some, what summer, happens? Some, right. October of senior year. Um, October of senior year. Oh, he's drawing a blank. Murph, jump in here. 1994, October. Halloween. Oh, okay. 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 I'm sorry. I'm a bad it person. Was, it was I'm like, I'm going to hint at what's going to come up sooner or later. But it was like all of a sudden this group of four idiots come out dressed up like Kiss. That was when was, we shocked the people. That's 1996. Right. Yep. Let's shock the people. People were like, what the fuck are these idiots doing? So we I don't know whose idea it was. I but I don't uh, either. We had another friend, McLucas. He he dressed up as AC. I don't even know if he was into Kiss, but he did it with us. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I took Peter, Tom, you took Gene, and Murph, for those who don't know, like it's obvious that he would take Paul because that was his favorite as well. We we had black T-shirts, right? Yep. Who did the makeup for us? It wasn't us. Todd. Todd. God rest his soul. He was because he was he was brilliant with artwork, and he he took he took it, he took the dynasty. Oh, fuck. Do you guys remember this shit? Because he, I was going to say one of the girls. Nope. I thought he was going to say Bridge did it. No, nope. he he took the dynasty album cover because it was the best close up of the four band members. Yeah, and he and he did it, and we have photographic proof that it came out fucking amazing. 
Wait till it comes out. We'll list it for you guys. Yep. Um, but yeah, we dressed up as Kiss and went to the Halloween. Yeah, is there a mixer going on here? <laughs> uh, mixer at Stonehill College in the gym. And um, was that yep. was that when? What do you call it? Perform? Yeah. Uh, who's that fucking awful band that you like? Me, myself, and I. No, that was that was the spring. Okay. No, that. So was, that was that? the spring concert. The, ha- the Halloween, the Halloween, the Halloween dance. They just had a DJ. And one, one thing I remember about that Halloween dance is we walked a in. Polish DJ. Who do they have? <laughs> Gino Caffone, Stonehill's favorite DJ. <laughs> I remember walking into the arena and people were like, "What the? F- what <laughs> is going? Who? What?" Because again, Kiss was not. You know, there was no reunion talk. There was nothing no, unless no you, talk about it. No. Everybody was one thing. Another thing I remember about that dance, every friggin' guy was dressed as the crow. Remember the crow? Oh, yeah. Oh, that ruined it for us. Motherfuckers. Are you guys from the crow? Yeah, no. exactly. I'm, I'm every, the demon. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, that was huge. And that, we had and the again, black T-shirts on, the face painted, and the crosses. And yeah, then we God. took tinfoil. Tinfoil. That's yeah. what it was. It was tinfoil, the cross, and it had, like, the X on it. On the foil. Want some? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, exactly. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, that was that's a great Stonehill memory. That's so awesome. in between that, and mind you, this is the time that we all separated in 94, because we couldn't live together because of the... Uh, we once had a suite oh. of all our college friends. It was the glorious year oh, of our boy. junior year. It was called Flynn. And we couldn't make it one year before they had to split us up, all of us. We all got deemed we could only live in a party of four. And we all got split up in the college afterwards the next year because we were so um, disruptive. <laughs> How's that for a word? Oh, we could just have we could have a podcast just on that year. We won't. Um, oh my goodness, it was yeah. So we were disciplined. So we had a switch and break up. But you two guys were on your own. I was uh, not too far off from you guys, but we still might manage to get our brains together and dress up as Kiss. Yep. Right. Yep. And I'll never forget it. We'll show you guys the proof. We'll put him on the Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, after the episode airs. Yep. So after this, we're looking at um, Kiss starts doing the convention February 3rd, 95. Uh, they start in Perth, Australia. Yep. The Kiss convention starts. Um, then in March, do you remember the Kiss history book? I remember. Like nine pounds came out. Pounds? I, I remember that. Pounds, baby, pounds. I remember that, and unfortunately, I was, you know, I just, you know, senior in college, had no money. Because I'll tell you right now, if that thing came out today, nine pounds, 440-page coffee table book, that is one of my biggest regrets as a KISS fan is never getting a copy of that yeah, freaking we'll, thing. We'll check up on eBay afterwards and see what's around. Oh, yeah. Nine pounds, and I told you pounds, baby. Pounds, <laughs> That thing is that thing is just man. And then they came up with Kistery two after oh. later on. <laughs> yeah, Gene loves to market these things, huh? Hey, if people the bigger people, the better. If people buy it, he'll sell it. The people seem to love it. Exactly. Um. Then 
the convention's going on in LA, June 17th. The one and only Peter Chris joins Kiss at the convention and plays Hard Luck Woman and Nothing to Lose. Yep. What do you think? Um, that was kind of shocking because, uh, you know, again, I mean, uh, the internet, we wouldn't have known that. N- no, no, we, we wouldn't have. We had no idea what the hell was going but on. But somehow I remember hearing rumblings about it. Well, so that was June 17th, 1995. But before that, I believe that's when you two went and saw them. Uh, we went July 29th, 1995. Oh, so Correct. Wow. Yep. So what yeah. happened? So what happened was again no internet. We found saw I saw something in the newspaper. You remember this is new- July ninety five? Correct. And you know why I didn't go? Why? Because I was in Greece with uh with Eddie. Okay. That's wow. right. that's what. Because okay. I've always wondered how the hell did I not go to the convention with you? Yeah. So so there was an ad in the paper. You remember the newspaper? Kiss convention, Copley Place, Boston, probably in the Phoenix. What was it in, Murphy? Okay. Remember? I, I I think it was probably the the Globe because they did still have a a Friday yeah. music section. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Exactly. And, it was the and, yeah, they had the Friday music section. Yep. And I remember and then, uh, Tommy so, contest, contacted me saying, "Hey, uh, you want to go? It's a hundred bucks." I'm like, "We just graduated from college. We have no money. I'm in." <laughs> exactly. Come on, can I have some money? Now, 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 now. This is one of those. I don't want to say regrets, but again, we went because we knew that Kiss themselves were going to be there. Okay. But again, ninety five. I, I was like, oh, yeah, Kiss. I like Kiss. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Okay, come to find out, and I posted something on our Twitter page recently where Kiss joined up with um, some set list website thing where you could search every single set list in the history of Kiss concerts. So just for kicks, I went in and put in the Kiss convention in Boston, July 29th, 1995. 
they played 29 songs. Okay. Not in full 29 songs, you know, tidbits here and there. We were about what? 20, 30 feet from the band. Oh yeah. Murph, well, my, but, but what I remember most about it is it's at, Oh, like, Oh, it's at the hotel. It's going to be in this ballroom. We were all sitting with that sitting on the the ground, legs crossed, like we were in first grade. Yeah, and they were on that little man, you know, stage. Yep. And we're sitting there, and we're all in awe and everything. And yeah, like you said, they would just do a little talk, then go in with song, and then we could actually go out into another part of the function room where they had memorabilia and everything. And Vinny and was remember, like, and Vinny was running the was stand. Like a museum. Popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Get your hot dogs. <laughs> Well, the thing is, though, is that, like Tom said, it, they were – the set list they played was incredible. But what I remember about that day was I got up and walked out because, you know, there's back and forth. No, but <laughs> I remember coming in and Gene was just finishing up A World Without Heroes. And I'm like, what the hell? And I'm waiting for him to start crying like he did in the video, like the Indian in that pollution commercial from the 70s, you know, that little tear. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? This is a kiss convention. And everybody was just so down that's after what, that. But, but that's what happened was what was the way that the way that operated was it was fans. Fans would just shout stuff out. So that's why, I mean, real, real quick. I mean, you know, Zeus, they played Mr. Speed. OK, now in 19... 19- now, now in 1995, I never, I don't, I don't even think I knew that song. Okay, <laughs> they played, they played Shandy. Oh. I mean, they, they played oh. like they played everything. You know, it was crazy. It was crazy, and I, it's one of those things. I wish I could go back and pay more attention to it today. Right. You know, yeah. and like you now said, when the, the internet, they would never be able to pull that off. The million people would be annoying the shit out of them. Yep. And the other cool thing, other than the other than the concert, like Murph had mentioned, was the there was like a museum, like a memorabilia. There were dealers there selling stuff, but then they had like you know, like glass Drug dealers. They had like glass cage cases with like you know, um, you know, like you uh, costumes and like guitars and equipment and stuff. I mean, it was an amazing, amazing friggin' setup that they did. I mean, it, you think back now, you see the band, you see all that hundred bucks. I mean, that that would probably be like five hundred dollars today if that happened. You know what I mean? But that that was that it'll was, be a meet and greet, and we'll be charging every customer seven hundred dollars. Pretty much, sit on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sit, yeah, yeah. sit, well, sit, sitting uh, crisscross applesauce like we're watching Raffy play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can one I get thing, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Murph. One, one other thing from that show, and I, I I've mentioned to Tommy over the years was afterwards the the hotel bar. There were some people down there, and some of the folks that attend the concert and. I ended up just talking to this guy that it was older and you know it was a business looking guy and it was a Saturday so it definitely seemed odd he was there and we were talking and he was familiar with the band and he had some some connection loosely with the band and he said you know they're they're talking about maybe putting the makeup back on and yes. I remember you saying Tommy afterwards going, There's no way. Who's this guy? What's he what's he know? They're not putting the makeup on. Where's Ace? Where's Peter? And then it was what, seven months later? Not even. Mer- Zeus people. Zeus lead us lead us. Yeah. Eight August ninth, nineteen ninety five, Kiss performs Kiss Unplugged. Mur- Murph. That was wow. that was less than two weeks after uh, we our convention. Wow. 
we we went on July 29th on August 9th. Think of that. And then I'll never forget seeing that and hearing it. Peter Chris is back and watching them do nothing to lose. I thought Peter was oh. awesome on that. And when they did rock and roll all night, I fucking loved it. Peter. Yeah. So, <laughs> so good. That and just and other than Peter Chris is fucking awful. John Lennon circle glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck dude. Um, other than that, I, I, that was just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, even even if you're not a, a Kiss fan, I mean, that is still one of my all time favorite unplugged albums. It it sounds I don't I don't know if it's the guitars that 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 Bruce and Paul are using, but it just sounds so damn good, and you really get a feel for how good of a musicians they are. And Paul's voice, it, it's just it's just so so awesome. The I still love you. Oh, yeah, it's just yeah. insane. And you know, you you watch and see how talented they are. You know, like they didn't they didn't need the makeup, they didn't need the bombs going off, they didn't need the fire, the theatrics. They can if they want to, they can do that kind of shit. But you know, it was just unbelievable. So they do that, and then the big thirty eighth uh, annual Grammys, February twenty eighth, nineteen ninety six. After seventeen years, out comes Tupac with. Yes. In makeup. Yep, I remember that. That was crazy. Oh, my God. Murph, do you remember that? You remember seeing that or hearing about it at least? I, I It was incredible. I mean, to see that, that was a moment. That was still when people were watching the Grammys. And, you know, yeah. half the country was probably saying, why are they back? And then the other half saying, they're back. If you go back yeah. and watch, if you go back and watch that clip of Tupac introducing them, the camera pans out to the crowd, and there are—I'll never forget this. I, I don't—I don't even know who the people are, but there are some looks of just total confusion, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like what? The bottom was the Eagles. They there was uh, a couple pans on uh, Timothy B. Schmidt, I think. And yeah, they were they're like, like and Glenn Fry, and they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tupac did a great job. Selling that, you know, oh, it was like, awesome. we got to shock people. So, so let's, let's shock, shock the people. And then, you, and then you, the four of them walk out and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. And it, Gene's like, yeah. Gene goes, hello, LA. And everyone's like, go away, Gene. Yeah. And then Peter says, yeah, I'm very happy to be here. And then they're like, shut up, Peter. Let him Ace it. looks like he's already shit faced. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here the Grammy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fuck he mumbled. Um, the nominees for this year's award for. <laughs> then in April to sixteenth uh, ninety six, they do the press conference with uh, with Conan yep. on the U.S. Intrepid. Yep. And what did I say? I watched the YouTube clip of that again, Tommy. What did I say? My favorite thing was at one point. Gene Simmons is just like, yeah. So we had our fucking differences. We made up. We're, we're, now the magic's fucking back. Who cares? Yep. Just, that's what I think is going to eventually end up happening. That's my hope. Eventually, going to say at the last concert when they all come back out that he's going to say, yeah, we've had our problems, but we're still family. Fuck it. We have pro. We, we're we're back together. Fuck off. If that's, they do, oh. if 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 they do that, it will be the very final last yeah. show. Pay fucking I, Ace and Peter a million dollars each. 
for one fucking concert. Release that concert as a DVD fucking special, everything. Have all your backing tracks ready. That will be you're right. E DVD Kiss Farewell concert, blah 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 blah, and be done. That, that will be the, that will be their live album DVD. Yep. Yep. And pay them each a million dollars, and you'll make that money back. Yep. You know, and okay. for Peter and Ace to say no, they'd be now, nuts. Now, if now if they do, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but if they do, if they do that, that won't be a regularly scheduled date on the end of the road tour. Do you think that'll I think be? A, no matter what they do, they'll circle back and end up in Madison Square Garden as the last concert. That's my opinion. I don't know because okay. you know, obviously, they still doing this. Is the first leg, they go to Europe afterwards, and yeah. they have to do the second leg later on and figure it right. out. Right. So we'll yep. see what happens. So, okay. But anyways, after that, 96, they do like their first concert, which is the fucking K-Rock's Weenie Roast. Yep. <laughs> um, that was like their little test drive. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was kind of, oh, oh. Yep. Um, but they did that. Then they kicked off the real reunion tour, June 28th, two nights, Tiger Stadium. With, do you remember what band opened up for them? Alice in Chains. No. Wow. No? STP. Oh, okay, because Alice wow. in Chains was opening up on a couple of those shows, too. Yeah, STP. Okay. 40,000, you yeah, know? That's, that's insane. Tickets sold in 40 minutes. Yep. Imagine sold that. Out. It ended up being the top-grossing tour of 1996. <clears throat> yep. So, and we talk about it now with compared to what we used they used to do. So, you know... You're looking at it in the sense that that was the reunion. That was the first time they wore the makeup. You can't compare this farewell with that tour. No, God, no, no. There was, there was such an anticipation for that first show that we saw at the Garden in Boston. Oh. Like you could feel it. I mean, you guys are much, much bigger fans than I am, and even I was feeling it in the crowd. And you, you were getting pumped, and and I still will say that was probably one of the three best shows I saw. They just brought it that night. Oh, yeah. Because I think it was only a couple of months into the tour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it was that summer. And a, f- a funny story. Again, you keep talking about a, like signs of the time. At the time, my, it was my then girlfriend, my now wife, Bridget. So for people out there, okay, again, I'm going to say, no, there was no internet, okay? To get tickets, you either had a call or you had to go to a Ticketmaster outlet which at the time back then, Macy's, Macy's department stores had t- <laughs> had Ticketmaster outlets inside the store at the customer service area. Okay, Is that where you bought your bum jacket back that, in the day? No, that was that was eighth grade. Okay, that, I remember. My, I remember Bridget at the time went to Macy's to get tickets while I was on the phone. So it was like we were trying to double deal to try to get t- to try to get tickets for the show. Um, and again, no internet. We didn't see any videos. There was no cheating on the set list like it is now. So we had no idea what they were going to open up with. We had no idea what we had no idea what anything was going to be like. And not to sound you know corny here, but you kind of miss those days of that anticipation, that ecstatic, that excitement. Because now, now every show you go to, you wait. You sent her to Macy's and you called from the comfort of your own home. <laughs> no, it was actually her. No, it was it was actually her apartment in in New Hampshire. Um, Maybe we both. I don't. That was so long ago. I know that we got ah. the tickets. I know that we got the tickets from from a from Macy's because I had a Ticketmaster dealer there because that's how you had to get them back then. And that's regardless. Thing you, yeah, we ended up going and what a concert! Oh, I mean, that concert was just insane. Best show I ever saw. So I'll I mean, never forget it. 
and that's when I'm just like at one point, it's like, I can't believe we're watching this. Yep. How insane is this? The real kiss, the original guys, the original makeup. We're watching it live. Yep. Oh my God. It was just insane. Yep. So they also included during that tour, four sold out nights at Madison square garden. I mean, yep. they were just unbelievable. And they had like the biggest selling, um, Magazine, I think Spin had the biggest. Remember that Spin magazine had the four different I have, solo. I have all four of them. It's funny because leading up, leading on that Spin thing, I actually have a um, a box like a uh, like a like a like a moving box downstairs. Yeah. Um, of all uh, everything from that that we bought from the from the convention, um, all the stuff from the reunion. Um, I have those four Spin magazines with each cover on each member. Um, all the music magazines, I, it's like my like 96, you know, 95, 96 Kiss reunion box. I have all that Circus stuff. Magazine in there? Circus Magazine did one. Yep, they all did them. Hit Parader? They, yep, they all did them. Yep. Metal Edge? I actually have the, uh, I still have the Alive Worldwide uh, Tour Program booklet. Yep. All that. Nice. Yep. Nice. Yep. So we're now 96. MTV Music Awards, Kiss performs under the Brooklyn Bridge, and Paul goes off and there's only one rock and roll and there's only one rock and roll anthem. I remember that. that. Yeah, I do. I, that was actually September fourth, nineteen ninety six. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. That was a kind of a weird. What were they on like a barge or something? I don't even remember. Like, <laughs> I mean, how how, did, how was that? Set? They were under, the anchor they were, going by the Brooklyn they were under bridge. the bridge. Like, I, I just I remember that. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. It was pretty sweet. Um, so that ends 96, that big year of concert and everything else. Then we're entering 1997. So they're still going strong. They Over in Europe, they start setting records, I guess, in Stockholm. And yep. Some other stuff I was reading. Um, you know, they're having a good year. In the midst of all this, they release what was a bootleg, we thought. October 28th, 1997, music that they had done in 95, 96, because by 97, it already sounds dated. Uh, Carnival of Souls comes out. Yep. Remember that? I do remember that. Um, yeah, that was – so that, that, was a, that was another weird timeline in uh, history there because, like you said, you know, the, re, the, the, the they started recording that before the reunion. Then the reunion comes out, and that started leaking online with like that alternate album cover, you know, and then they released it where they call it the final sessions or something. They, it yeah. was, I had like a subtitle. Um, I mean, you know, Murph, do you, what do you think? Of, do, do you know what, what do you know about that album? If I mean, very little at, yeah. at that point, I was just listening okay. to the older stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause that, cause that album, I mean, you really have to, you know, fight to defend that album. I mean, I don't mind it. It's not my favorite. I, it's not. It's one of those albums where I say, you know, it's not. It's not bad. It's just not a good Kiss album. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a bad like Soundgarden cover album or something. It's just not not crazy about it, but it's tolerable. Zeus, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, just look at the cover. Just. Oh, we're we're grunge. We're we're dirty. We're, That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, re- so really different. Like Gene yeah. singing a song called "Hate." Settle down. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's there to be upset about life? About we have That's a great what, life. 
that's what Paul. No, I tell you right now, nothing's worse. You know, I'm not going to go on a rant here, but I will for a minute. There's nothing worse than Paul with his revision, revisionist history, like shitting on Kiss projects. Like, dude, own it. You did that album because somebody told you to, because you thought it was the right thing to do. Don't don't shit on it now. Own it. Oh, I forgot too. Before that, they had released. In 96, I forgot to mention this part. They also released You Wanted the Best. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some, the, some, yeah. Um, some live, just all live songs. And it had some and, it had some uh, unreleased live cuts on there. Yeah, Room Service, Two Timer, Let Me Know, yep. um, Take Me. Yep. The other ones are all songs we've heard before. And then there's Kiss Tells All with Jay Leno. <laughs> Who the hell thought that was a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you want to be on Kiss, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, where's the Kiss Vault? So they near the refrigerator behind the ham? <laughs> Who needs that? What does it take a 15 minute interview with freaking Jay Leto? That's Gene, all. Gene wanted that. Crunch all you want. We want we'll make more Doritos commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. So Carnival Souls released. Yep. Now we're getting into 98. Oh, boy. Now the fun little part. Ugh. I really enjoyed. All right. So June, I mean, August 23rd, 1998, the Demon the Wrestler <laughs> debuts on WCW Wrestling. <laughs> now, I don't talk about it much, but I am a huge wrestling fan. I still even watch it. So I know all about it. WCW at the time, wrestling brand was dying after the NWO had already kind of dissolved. WWE's back again, big like Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, they're coming up with gimmicks. gimmicks. So they came up with a gimmick and signed a big deal. The guy that was doing WCW at the time, Eric Bischoff, decided to pay Kiss $500,000 to come up with the demon to perform one song on Monday Night Nitro. They did that. They performed God of Thunder at the end of the episode, which later on became the lowest-rated Nitro in WCW history. They performed God of Thunder at the end of the song. They're all like, here he is, here he is. And they pointed out, some guy comes out, big, tall guy uh, comes out, and he's dressed up as uh, Gene's makeup, the demon. I remember Um, so after this came out, the guy that brought them in and was the head of WCW, he gets canned. So they're like, fuck this, fuck all this. And they kind of ripped up the contract with Kiss and were like, we're not going to do this. The original idea was to have Kiss, the demon, be the main character and then have a stable of wrestlers like the NWO, but they would be characters of Kiss. So the Catman would come out and the rest of them would come out. Oh, How God. fucking insane or utterly stupid would that have been? Brutal. Here comes the star child. His super duper move is off the top rope. He'll go, ooh. <laughs> He'll come out and go, <laughs> star child. <laughs> oh, God. East do. Hey, I'm going to walk around and fucking trip over my crow's feet. <laughs> The terrible. Oh, God. Oh, my God. So that was the idea. So the demon was played by a wrestler named Brian Adams, but not no relation to the music Brian Adams, yep. who was in the group Chronic. 
That was a wrestling stable at one point. And he was also in one of the, remember Demolition from WWF? This is Demolition. (laughs) (laughs) Not the one messing with Kissel. But anyways, then Dale Torborg took over. Dale Torborg, who I think Murph will know, his father was the coach. Do you remember who his father was? That name sounds familiar. Jeff oh. Torborg. Yes. Oh, the baseball. coach of the Marlins. And yep. what is Dale Torborg famous for? The incident that he had with Antonio Alfonseca when he became later on the strength and conditioner coach for the Marlins. And I guess Antonio Alfonseca got into a swore at him in Spanish and he fucking snapped. <laughs> And he chased him, and Alfonseca, the story goes that he hid and ran into the trainer's room and was hiding from him because Tolborg was all fucking snapping out on a roid rage, looking to rip his fucking head off. And it was all on ESPN. It became a big story. Um, that all stemmed from Dale Torborg as the demon. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't remember the Tolborg story uh, when he was the coach for the Marlins. I don't remember that. Wow. Yeah. So, God of Thunder and coming up with this kiss gimmick got them $500,000. Well, the character, the demon, quickly became a what they call a jobber. I mean, uh, somebody that just fucking goes out there and just gets his ass kicked every week. Yep. Um, who later on became part of a little mini group with Vampiro. I think the Misfits. You know, the Misfits were actually in WCW wrestling. I don't and- know what I probably... Insane Clown Posse, who was in oh. WCW Wrestling. So you oh. had a Kiss character, Insane Clown Posse, and the Misfits. Now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> and yes, I know all about it. I know. Now I'm embarrassed. Yes. There is your wrestling minute on oh. uh, Shout It Out Loudcast. That's what was going on in 1998. <laughs> Moving Thanks along. Mean, Gene. Thanks, yeah. Mean Gene. Yeah. <laughs> Rest I mean, in peace. Rest in peace. Gene just, just passed away. Leave him alone. I know. Be nice. Well, let me tell you something right now. <laughs> September 22nd, 1998, brother. Psycho Circus. Oh. Thoughts. I well, I Murph, was this one of the shows that you went to with me? Cuz I went to I went to a couple of these, I think. No, I didn't. I, I'm familiar with the album, uh, you know, Psycho Circus that that was getting play uh but that tour, I don't think I ended up going to see them again until the early 2000s. Okay. Was I, that I, down at Great Woods? Uh, the one I went to was at Providence. I okay. think. I think. And and one thing about that concert was um, fucking stupid gimmick. They had they gave they gave it they gave everybody three <laughs> D. They gave everybody three D glasses. And then up it on the didn't even work. And up on the up on the screens next to the show, they had like these like graphics. I'm like, what, what? Come on, man! Brutal. <laughs> Psycho Circ. First of all, the you know where I stand on the song itself. Oh, oh we talked about this before, Zeus. That's one of those songs that oh. that's one of those songs that Paul. You're gonna fucking like this song, whether yeah. you like it or not. Exactly. That's a, yes. exactly exactly. Welcome to the show. Yep, he demands that it's a hit. Yep. Oh, now what's comes, worse, what... the fans make it a classic. No, you make it a classic because you won't <laughs> stop playing it. <laughs> Yo, Rams won't be so corny. (laughs) There's an obscure from the Damon Wayans 
Stonehill, I remember seeing that Damon Wayne's comedy special <laughs> when he was talking about two like them just two some gangsters. <laughs> them just some gangsters with a microphone. Me so horny. <laughs> I won't call it what he said they were. Yeah, <laughs> Big fat. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Take that gold tooth out of your mouth and go get yourself some pussy. Then you won't be so horny. And your raps will be so corny. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Get the, get... Too high, crew. Two fifty. All right. All right. Get, get back the, on get, track. Get back on track. Yeah. So they had a special performance October, Halloween night, 98, uh, at Dodger Stadium. 3D. Yep, I remember. Yep. Wait, yep. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick, and I'll meet you. Cut you off. Uh, Psycho Circus was nominated for a friggin' Grammy. Yeah, fucking so was Jethro Tull, and they won. Exactly, but uh, really, uh, I mean, I feel like I should have this information in front of me. Has Kiss ever been nominated for a Grammy? Other than that, doesn't Ace have one in his basement? <laughs> hey, uh, honey, where's where's my Grammy? Uh, this is number one at Grammy. Yeah, I thought we'd do. What's that man on my mantle there? What's that on my mantle? Up. Sound uh, like Mike Tyson. Uh, Ace, that's your Little League trophy when you were 10 years old. <laughs> ah, honey, I thought I won a fucking Grammy. <laughs> All right, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, they released, they played at Tiger Stadium, uh, Dodger Stadium, which Murph remembers because it's baseball affiliated, and Murph knows all about his baseball. That's true. Um, then, November 24th, KISS Second Coming DVD released and then subsequently played on VH1 a million times afterwards. Awesome DVD, though. Awesome. They DVD. always used to play that. Always. It's it's uh, it's awesome. I mean, if that, that, that gives you, like, the behind the scenes of the reunion. It's that that's a that's a good yep. one. That's yep. a good one. You remember that yep. one, Murph? Yeah, no, and th- that's where you actually when they were doing getting ready for the MTV Unplugged, that you could tell that there was some chemistry there that they had missed each other when when they yeah. were concerned if Ace was going to show up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Gene was he was like Ace. Yeah, you know, you and that, that that was cool. That I watched that a few times. Yeah, there's a clip where he, Gene sees Ace and gives him like a really big heartfelt like hug. Like you could tell it, you could tell that there's some like brotherhood there. You know, when they're not when they're not all being assholes to each other. You know, yeah, of course they've been through it all. Of course, right. right. So after Second Coming DVD, then it's uh, July thirty, July January thirty first, ninety nine. Kiss performs at the pregame Super Bowl thirty three. That's the um, Broncos versus the Falcons. You remember that game, Tom? I do. What was that famous for? uh, Eugene Eugene Robinson. Robinson. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote it down. Who used to make fun of the Pats. That's why they lost against the Packers. Yep. Because they were all partying, and he got busted picking up Bob Kraft-like women. (laughs) Right? Yep. I want to get a massage. Why didn't they play the halftime show? Why were they relegated to the pregame? Because Gloria Stefan and Stevie Wonder played. Remember? What? Yeah. Oh. And do you remember? Is that the one where they left Stevie Wonder on stage? Everyone forgot it. And he was like, what the fuck? Was that that or was that at the Grammys? Do you remember that one where Stevie Wonder played and at the end everyone forgot him? And he's just like, what the fuck? What's going on? 
What? Stop. Stop. I'm not, I can't. <laughs> you don't remember that? They no. left Stevie Wonder on stage and he didn't know where the fuck it was. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Oh, God. We're running out. We're that's, running, we're, that's who played. We're crawling uh, to the finish line here. Yeah. <laughs> then March of 99, Kiss. Well, Gene on the cover of Playboy. Remember the chicks on the cover of that with him? I, I have it. Of course you do. Yeah, it's Gene and then the, gr- <laughs> well, the girls. Of course you do. The girls all have their uh, faces painted. Except one has, instead of the star, has the, ploy- the Playboy. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. All okay. right. Okay. And yep. then um, there's a Peter Chris and there's an Ace. And then Gene's in there. Yep. And then Gene, who loves to boast uh, to his kids and family jewels, remember? Yep. The only one who has both parents on the cover of Playboy magazine. Yeah, that's something to be proud of. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after that, Kiss gets the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame. August 11th, 1999. Can you Along believe 500 million other people? But can you, uh, in all honesty, I mean, not that that's a huge thing. I, I actually, I shouldn't say it. That's kind of a big thing. It, it took him that, it took him that long to get it. Dude, fucking Lassie's on there. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Is it that big of an honor? I don't know. Is it? Pay for it. They'll put you on. Oh, all right. Get, go to the next on the list because this is a big one. Woohoo. Ugh. August 13th, 1999. Yep. Detroit Rock City movie released. Go ahead, Murph. Tommy, myself, and six of our closest friends were the <laughs> eight people in the theater watching that. <laughs> And who was running the projector? Um, <laughs> hey, you guys, you want to pick up when you're done? Yeah, the highlight of that movie was the three minutes with Shannon Tweed. No, come on, dude, that's a funny movie. It's a, it's, it's just, it's just like one of those like teenage like comedies. I thought, I thought, I mean, even, even without the kiss, I mean, oh. the end, the, the ending is friggin' ridiculous. It didn't help that it was out at the same time as American Pie. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yep. But I, I uh, Zeus, have you, please, Zeus, have you seen it? That didn't help it either, Murph. It's um, yeah, I've seen it. It just, it I think what it is. I think it's fun. I think it's a. I think it's fun. I mean, Kiss is in it at the end. You know, I mean, it is what it is. It's just a stupid comedy. And maybe it was better when they did it on the '70s show as one episode. Yeah. Yeah, right. Had a cool soundtrack. I mean, one there of the one of the worst original Kiss songs ever oh. appears on it. They talk about that. Tommy was trying to convince that. Tommy was trying to convince the eight of us in the theater. That was good, don't you? Yeah. That, that was good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I'd see it again. Hey, I have the DVD. Of course I do. I have every DVD they ever made. Of course you do. Of course I do. Then. And how do we finish it off? How do we finish well, out the night? They played the they played a New York's Eve show in Vancouver. Yep. And then we get into February of the year two thousand, where they announced the farewell tour, and then yep. Kiss was never heard of again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So you you think of that timeline that you you think of that timeline that there's a lot of shit. They were all over the place in the nineties. You know. Yeah. Um. Creatively, 
No, you have their high points of revenge. You have the high points of the reunion concert yep. and the tour. You have the low points of, I don't I would say Carnival of Souls. Yep. Uh, you know, stupid things like like we just talked about. The NHL movie. Cup crazy commercial. There you oh, go. God, I forgot about that. There you go. Oh, um, that's a bad one. Thank you for bringing that one up, Murph. See, there you go. Um, but, you know, it, it, overall, you know, wh- where do you rank it? The period? I don't know. Probably, obviously, less than the 70s and 80s kiss in my mind. In the 2000s, less. I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe ahead of the 2000s. Yeah. I, I, th- I think in terms of visibility and marketing and performance, I think that is one of their – it may not be their best and most enjoyable – I think it's one of their most visible and busy decade. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they they did they did it all. I mean, they did yeah. they did it all. You know, how many different lineups, how many different albums, performances, reunions, unplugged, et cetera, et cetera. Right, Murph? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at all those bands that were such a presence in the '70s, Kiss came back on the scene. The Eagles, Zeppelin for a short period of time. It was a bounce. You know, everyone that was. That was when classic rock was really starting to take hold, and a lot of those bands that were out in the '90s were paying tributes to those from the '70s. So I think the timing was well, and you know, as the decade progressed, the quality of their music probably was lacking, but they started off strong, and then they carried that momentum well into the second half of the decade. Yeah, one of the things I would say is that I remember being a Kiss fan in the '80s and '90s, early '90s. And people like Kiss. Yeah. Then say you're a Kiss fan 96 and afterwards, everybody was suddenly a Kiss fan again. It wasn't embarrassing to say you're a Kiss fan. Not that I was ever embarrassed, but everybody was a Kiss fan. Kiss all of a sudden didn't become that a joke hair mail, hair band something or, uh, oh, that old band from the 70s. Kiss was a classic band. Now you put in the likes of, like, like Murph said, the Eagles, the 70s, the... Zeppelin, ACD, like they became almost like that's when they started getting a little bit of the critics back and people like to start saying, no, they're fucking everyone's got to see this concert kiss. And and it it, it became something that was um, like, I guess I would say the 70s, they kiss was growing, growing and reached its pinnacle. The 80s, it died, died. And then they were fighting and clawing the way back. The 90s is when they made it back to where they were before. Yeah, and I think like you, like you guys just both said too, the late, the mid to late nineties, there was a, it's you know kind of the the age, the demographics, it just a huge bounce in that nostalgia, you know, uh, you you started to see, you know, like like you know the convention, the unplugged, then Kiss merchandising started really making a comeback. You started seeing Kiss stuff everywhere, you know, and like you guys said with the Eagles and Zeppelin, you know, you started to see the the the, the kind of like that tonal shift where. You know, it was cool again to listen to the the Eagles and Zeppelin and Kiss and the Doors. Like that was like a cool thing to do. And Kiss kind of, the, the, you know, you can't, you know, it's no fault. Kiss, they 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 sat, they know how to saturate the the you know the media and make themselves present. Look at all those appearances that we just rolled off. Sporting the Brady a- Bunch came back in the nineties. Ex- exactly right. How did they, yeah? How were they not on but that? They took a gamble on themselves on that tour. They spent a yep. lot of money. They put a lot of stuff and saying we're going to do it, and we'll pay you guaranteed, Ace. We'll pay you guaranteed, Peter. Here's your money. 
we'll take the rest. And they took a chance on themselves and they made themselves millionaires over yep. from there. Yep. I don't think there were millionaires living large back then. I think Prob- they were struggling. Probably. They were probably and, middle, um, you know, middling, you know. Yeah, surviving. Yeah, exactly. Poor, right. But, you know, they weren't what they are now. Right. You right. know, they weren't making friggin' signs with money bags on them. I mean, it was definitely a transitional decade because you think without all that, I mean, the, I think the you, you talk, you know, we, you know, we won't get into this in detail, but you talk pivotal moments in the history of the band, that convention, Peter showing up with his daughter, yeah. like that, that you talk about like things like the butterfly effect. You had that, you have that, you, you have that, that convention. Peter just happens to show up with his daughter. Peter just happens to jump on stage with the band. The next thing you know, they own the nineties. And then yeah. here we are. And then here we are now in 2019, still talking about them. Yeah. And I, you know, and I would really sincerely plug Peter Chris's book. What is it? Make up to break up my yep. life in and out of kiss. Yep. I think that's the, uh, that and Paul's are the best of the bunch really gives a great detail. And Peter talks about it literally, you know, his kid is like, I want to see, you know, this is a part of my life that you really didn't know about. I'll yep. show you come. Let's come to this convention. Yep. I mean, it's and, one of those, and, and it's, and it's one of those questions that we'll never have the answer to, but if Peter never showed up, would they have ever reached out to Peter or Ace? It, I don't know. know. I would like to think they might have. I know. Me too. Or maybe it would have been too late or something. You never know. What you never know. But yeah. You never know. And, and the rest is kissery. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, Murph. Thoughts of the 90s kiss? Well, as I said before, I knew very little of them. Just, uh, you know, just little blips across the, the radar over the years, but became a, a, a really solid fan of the band. I, I wouldn't say I'm probably Kiss Army level, maybe Kiss ROTC, but, um, <laughs> but you know, I think going to see them five times says what I think of the band and, and yeah. the enjoyment I've had. And, and I think we've had a lot of good times where we would just throw the CDs in and as you guys have said in the episodes, some of the songs we would just you know take it in and enjoy, it. and then some songs we'd be listening listening to it and going, "What the hell? What does he mean?" Was get off and get your grandma out of here. What's your grandma doing in the room? <laughs> exactly. Love exactly. It. Love it. Yep. And uh, we had to unfortunately torture poor Murph, and like it or not, he had to listen to Kiss because yep. we were constantly playing it, and we'd play some bad songs, and. Uh, you know, we and we would gravitate towards the better songs, but Murph would gravitate towards Shandy for God knows why. And I think you knew I hated that song and you would play it constantly. And it was like a joke, like, oh, Zeus, listen to this. I want to listen to some Kiss. Yeah, what are you going to play? Shandy. What the <laughs> fuck? Though, I will tell you a funny little Flynn Basement Stonehill story. Uh-oh. Murph will know this. At one point, because everyone remembers... If you wanted to listen to music, where did you go? We went to your room. Why? Because you had all those <laughs> Columbia House Jorge Plantes. Yeah, we covered we covered this. <laughs> and you would have all these albums that would go from Kiss to Country and the time you went on that big country binge and Oh Ryan, still there. Ryan comes out of the room going, Zeus, what are you trying to do? Kill me? <laughs> Oh, he was so sensitive. If I played right. anything, it was a ballad. He'd be like, you trying to kill myself? You want me to kill myself? Um, 
But we had a contest at one point, Murph, and we we would have everyone would open their doors in the suite, and everyone would blast music and say, "Who's going to play the worst song?" And who won? Do you remember? I, I I remember I don't remember who won, but now that you say that it you had the you remember the song that won it for me? Nope. Drop it on us. Oh my goodness. I don't have it. Well, Actually, what? you know what? Give me one second. But we would blast this music outside uh our dorms. And uh, we're not a dorm, we were living in a suite, so we'd all have uh a room, we would open up our doors. And uh, we would just play the song, and people were playing. Do you remember what had become big? It was like the Brady Bunch. Someone had the theme or the music to the Brady Bunch. You did, yeah. I mean, no, we all no. It wasn't mine, but I would play it. I snagged it from somebody. Oh, Um, and I just can't seem to find it. But the song that won it for me, Charles and Eddie. I lied to you. Ooh, that's a good song. Ebony and Ivory. Is that really what you played? Yep. Oh, oh Jesus. Geez. I had Paul McCartney's greatest hits. Oh. And um, Ebony and Ivory. Um, yeah, I won with that. That was the worst song played. <laughs> I, do, I do have to say I, I vaguely recall you playing that because you would you would only play 45 seconds of it. But then yeah, because I was half again. song Harry, the king yeah. of that. Oh man, yeah, nice. you had some awful CDs in there. Because <laughs> I could order twelve CDs at a time. I'm like, oh, I like that one song. Let me. Yeah, order- I'm gonna buy the whole album. I'm gonna buy the Mamas and Papas. I love that fucking song. Monday, Monday. Okay, let me buy their box set. Um, you know, Mama, ca- that's Mama how Cass ham sandwich. <laughs> we, I think we already did that one, we, but that's I know, okay. but I, I, I know, but I don't care. <laughs> here you go. Well, there you are. There you are. <laughs> uh, hi, do I know you? No, no but I... you're there. <laughs> oh. Oh, on that note, Kiss in the 90s wraps up on another yep. great episode. So we usually end with some questions, but this time we decided to have Murph ask some questions. All right. Uh, this question, it's one question. You both need to answer this separately oh uh over the years we would play a lot of music and on uh the rare occasion there would actually be i remember tommy at your house uh there was a karaoke machine i never owned a karaoke machine i don't know that was lou that was lou so but if you each of you Mm -hmm. had to perform so it's about the performance it's not necessarily your favorite song but if you had to perform Kiss Karaoke, what song would you sing and why? Ooh, yikes. Hmm. Holy shit. That's a good one. Um, Kiss I gotta look at my I gotta look at my Kiss catalog real quick, Murph. That's a great question. Kiss. What would I perform as Kiss Karaoke? And I don't want to say the typical, oh yeah, I'll play rock and roll all night. Uh, this just kind of, this just kind of popped into my head because I think it's it's I love the song. And I think it's a good like sing along song, so I think it would succeed with karaoke. But I think I would go. I think I, I think I would go with "Do You Love Me." There you go. All right. Starting starting off that you know you right. really like you know and then and then the chorus. I think that would be a good one. Huh. That's a song you're either gonna love or hate. It's it's uh, seven inch heels. Exactly. 
Yeah, I, I could see that. I think I would probably want to do, because I love him, is a Peter Chris song. Oh, God. What would I do? I, You know what I'd probably do? I'll be honest you, with you. I'd probably the, do. You I'd would pro- sing the ballad at karaoke, wouldn't you, Zeus? I'd probably sing Mainline. All right. Because right. I could a- handle that, I think. Okay. I could handle that. All right. I'd sing Mainline. Yeah. All right. All right. Is that your question for both of us? That was my question. Awesome. Why, well, why don't we turn the question back to you, Murph? You answer. What about you? I would probably 100,000 years. Oh, I'm sorry to have taken so long. Must have been a bitch while gone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that would get the crowd riled up. Yep, yep. Oh, That's man. a good one. That's a good one. You know what? I was going to answer. We had a question on Twitter. And I was going to answer it in the middle of the – when I was talking about the wrestlers – Oh, that's right. Different yep. characters ahead. that come out. Yep. That they're going to come out with different characters. Someone's going to be the demon. Someone's going to be the cat man. Someone's going to be the spaceman and wrestle as that. Because we had a question from, I think it was Dave, right? Yes. And he was asking us, um, you know the question better than I do, but I know you were at, you were telling me about it. So I wanted to mention, Dave's one of our our, our best uh, listeners and followers, and we uh, he interacts with us. And Dave, shout out to you because we appreciate it. What was his question? Uh, it was pretty, the gist of the question was, you know, Paul and Gene, or more more likely Gene. Did you say jizz of the question? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Is that, what did you say? Did you misspeak? Or was the I gist, <laughs> the gist of the question. Um, Gene is on record as saying that Kiss can survive with no original members, you know, pretty much making them a, an entire, you know, a, a, a tribute band, a cover band. And Dave was saying, do you think that that's something that could succeed? And I'll tell you right now, personally, zero chance. I would, I would perpetuity. No, I, no. I, I would. That would be when I would I would officially check out of the Kiss Army if that happened. Yeah. I mean, look, obviously, Paul can't continue. I think could Gene with a fake Paul? Ugh, no, I, mean, I would see Gene play because I can know Gene can still play. But why would Gene want to go up there? So then if he's not in there, what the hell are you doing? Exactly. No, that's when even the hardest of KISS fans go, why am I paying 50, 60 bucks to see this? What is it, What is the local you know, cover band of KISS ca- charging me? Why am I going to pay them? Here's the thing. Now, I'll play devil's advocate here. <clears throat> Paul, more, or, or more, more so Gene, would sink so much money into that where it would, it, they would try to keep the production up, the stage, the the pyro, yeah. every, it would keep everything up. So you would be going to see, yeah, okay, some shitty cover band that would normally be playing at Brother Mike's at Stonehill, but with with the with the financing of Gene Simmons Incorporated, you're gonna be, but still, I, I, that and he's gonna blow all his kids' fucking future on this door that's gonna die. That's because I mean, if Stuart any- from his grave will be shitting on it. I mean, if anybody wants to pay, however people want to spend their money, that's up to them. But for me, that's I would check out. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. No, fuck. no. Imagine I'm not even. I'm, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna ask Murph because I know he'd be he'd be laughing along with us. Yeah, I would. Uh, I mean, t- we see actually some good tribute bands with Tommy. You and I have gone seeing that. Yeah. Led Zeppelin tribute band. Yep. I'd just rather pay. 30 bucks to go see a band in a club. Exactly. 
as yep. a Kiss tribute band than yep. going to see the you know alleged pomp and circumstance. Yeah. Exactly. No, I think they're just looking for a long way to market Kiss for generations to come. Like, you know, you know, there's there's friggin' Elvis images that play with Elvis's old band from the seventies that's on tour. Dude, there are like, people there's doing, things like that all the time. There are people doing holograms. There yeah, that's doing, what I'm saying. Yeah, like Dio Hall, like Ronnie James Dio. Like, like get the hell out of here. I'll tell you real quick, real quick, because I know we're running long here. But real, real quick, I think if 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 Kiss wants to continue, quote unquote, after this end of the road tour, my opinion, the best thing that they could do would be to sit down in jeans and a t-shirt like they did back in 1990, whatever it was, and Agreed. do and do acoustic shows. No. Nope. Yep. Nope. Right, Murph. Yeah, like, I, I would, I would, I would see that, and I think that I would, would too. Be... Nope. Why no? Here's what I, what they, I plan, I believe they're gonna do, and yeah. I think they should do. Yeah, is they'll have their own little solo projects. They'll do a book here and there, a TV appearance here and there, and then they'll play for a month in Vegas every year. They'll do the Kiss Cruise, and that's it. They'll do residents like friggin' Britney and fucking share and make millions opening up a residency in Vegas one month and living like kings. Why not? That's not a tour, and that's why they can get away with it. Why know. not? That's easy enough. They can do that all day, and no one's going to give them shit about fucking uh, lip-singing or backing tracks of that. It's Vegas. No one cares. They that's, can make a fortune doing that stuff. You're right about that. Vegas, it's nothing but entertainment, so nobody would give a shit about the, the, the backing tracks and the vocal enhancements. That's what no they one, can do. Yeah. It's close enough to their Paul and Gene in L.A. They can do that in their sleep. They they don't have to get that dressed up or work around it. They'll have more theatrics. They can home in on their home stage. They'll do the Kiss Cruise. They'll have maybe a solo project here and there. They don't, And they can get away with it saying it's not a tour. We're just doing some, you know, kiss residency in in Vegas. You might be right, and make a I'd fortune. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather see Paul in a coffee shop singing the Folgers commercial. <laughs> oh, God, terrible. Yeah. Um, that being the case, we're at the end. So, as always, we want you guys to uh, please um, go on and uh, review and rate us on uh, iTunes, um, Stitcher, Podomatic. Um, Spotify, uh, Google Play, and feel free to constantly interact with us. Um, we get questions uh, on Twitter. We can get it on Instagram. We get them on um, Facebook. And uh, you can email us at uh, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. That's shoutitoutloudcast gmail.com we love interacting with you guys um it's always uh you know it's always a pleasure tom anything else you want to talk about with uh social media and stuff no just like we always say you know the the big thing is the uh the apple the apple podcast uh, ratings and reviews because you're not just giving us a rating and a review what you're doing is you're increasing our visibility in the podcast world for with people search kiss podcasts or if people are listening to some of the other kiss podcasts that have been out there for a really long time we can appear as uh you know shows that you may like so it just and it really improves our visibility um and it's you know it'd be nice to just hear from our listeners so yeah we always encourage that interaction yeah speaking of email i forgot i wanted to go over an email we got here from uh tony and tony <laughs> mentioned our last week's episode uh when we talked about the 
earlier version of She. And I stated that it sounds like the Barley, Barney Miller theme. Um, he even says that the regular version, go back to Dress to Kill version, and uh, you can hear the Barney Miller feel during the bass solo. He's right. <laughs> he's, he's right. Remember where Barney yep. Miller and Fish come out. <laughs> yep. It's a great comment. I just remember that when we were talking about our Gmail account. So feel free to email us again. Um, interact with the social media. We were doing a lot of polls and you'll see that. And we've got a couple great surprises coming up for March and a, a lot of fun new episodes coming up and stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned. Tom has some great, uh, he likes to do a lot of the sneak peeks. If you see on our Twitter account, uh, he's got some good ones coming out for you. You'll be t- uh, taking a look at and vote on our polls. We love it when we get that interaction. So that being said, Murph, you're up first. Any famous last words? Well, gents, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to join today. Uh, It's been great listening to you. I look forward to listening to future episodes and maybe even seeing you on March 26th. And with that, here's another mess I got myself in. And when you touch me, you ain't helping. (laughs) The fuck is that? (laughs) Oh, God. Tommy? Been broken down, but not defeated. I kept on punching back till I succeeded. We all need to be somebody now. (laughs) Well, when you were tucking Murph in, in his little footy pajamas, because Murph had his underoos in college, and you were putting him to sleep at late night at Flynn, the lights are down low, you knew that Kiss would come out with this, so you were singing to him. You were always my friend <laughs> from childhood's end. <laughs> and on that note, see you later, everybody. Peace out. Murph, thank you, buddy, for showing up. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. Girl Scout. See you, guys. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.